This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Grandiloquent. That's the nothing personal word of the day for this Monday. Grandiloquent. What does that mean, you might be asking? It's when people speak or write for the sole purpose of trying to impress. Does that sound familiar? How about looking around at all the people on the air, all the gas bags who spend time giving their opinion on stuff that they actually don't know about, or giving an opinion they don't actually believe for the sole purpose of making a statement, for the sole purpose of having controversy. It makes me crazy. I spent an entire weekend thinking about this and thinking about how I wanted and want nothing personal to be different If you ever think I'm being grandiloquent, you're going to tweet at me, you'll DM me, because I'm giving it to you how it is. I'm not doing it to grandstand. I'm not trying to impress you with vocabulary or with points of view. I'm actually trying to just let you know the facts of life in sports and business and politics and entertainment. We are looking at history today, right now. Major League Baseball has done something unprecedented, and it all started very simply with a bat and with a garbage can. I never heard it when I was with the Marlins. That's what the Astros did, and that's all they did? Well, let me tell you what's really happening right now. Breaking news. Jeff Lunau, the president of baseball operations, suspended for a full year. A.J. Hinch, the manager, the manager of the Astros, suspended for a full year. $5 million fine, who cares? Losses of first and second round picks in 20 and 21, not great. But the real story here is Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch. Why did Rob Manford do this? He was losing control of this story. Word came out that the Red Sox were doing it as well. Cody Bellinger comes out and says the Dodgers may have lost the World Series simply because the Astros were cheating by hitting a garbage can, by stealing signs. This is not like gambling or throwing games. We talked about the integrity of the game as it relates to gamblers. An unfair advantage. We were trying nonstop. Every team tries to steal signs. What Rob Manford said is using technology violates a rule. He sent a memo in 2017. I read the memo. We read it. 
Don't use technology to steal signs. Don't use your video room to steal signs. The Astros ignored it and got caught. The Red Sox ignored it and got caught. But why? Why is it the two teams who won the World Series and not a team like the Marlins who couldn't even win 81 games? Not just because they were better at it than we were. Not just because they used technology in a way that we weren't smart enough to think of using. For the simple reason that they were successful and that calls into question integrity. So Rob Manford does an investigation. What that means is he has a department of investigations. They interview everyone. They interview players, former, current. They interview managers, GMs, owners. They come to a conclusion, but that's not where it stops. The Department of Investigations within Major League Baseball, they're the ones who dealt with steroids. Their job is simple. They bring the information and they give it to the commissioner. The commissioner then starts his work. There's no chance that he is doing these suspensions without speaking not just to Jim Crane, the owner. He's speaking to the executive council and someone in his office, Dan Halem, Chris Marinek, are calling every single team. Do you think that any owner or president learned about this on Twitter with breaking news? Not a chance. Because the commissioner needs to make sure that he is buy-in. Remember, his contract, all of his power comes from the 30 owners. All of his power comes from maintaining 23 out of those 30 owners to agree and approve the moves he makes. Bud Selig always wanted 30 of 30. Impossible. Rob Manford, to me, was always going to be the choice of commissioner and the better commissioner because he knew 23 of 30 is all he needs. Are all 30 teams happy with the punishment? Of course, the Astros are not. Of course, the Red Sox are not. And I would argue there are three or four other teams who aren't either because they're all in danger now of getting caught in the wake. So what happens is baseball makes a decision. Rob Manford decides when it's going to be announced, how it's going to be announced. They chose today purposefully. It's okay to announce this the day of the national championship in college football. It's okay to wait a day after NFL. This news can never be hidden. This news gets disseminated. So we all get to talk about it in the media. We get to talk about it as fans. But I want to take you inside the Houston Astros front office to start with and then the Red Sox front office. What does it mean to have a manager suspended for a year? It's the same thing as A.J. Hinch taking a leave of absence, except we have to find out what the fine detail is. When a manager gets suspended in season as part of a brawl, let's say, the manager is allowed to be on site. He's allowed to run practices. He's allowed to run spring training. But after batting practice, he's got to get dressed and leave the clubhouse. He can then sit in the owner's box. He can sit with the team president. And then when the game is over, he can rejoin his team. Is that the type of suspension? What about Jeff Lunau, the president of baseball operations? Do you think for one minute that Jeff Lunau will not be allowed anywhere near Minute Maid Park? Are they going to cut him off of all communication? Well, as far as fans and owners, and Twitter is concerned, there will be someone named by the Astros to run the baseball operations for the year. But that person is someone who will have reported to Jeff Lunau 
prior to today. That person will be doing everything that Jeff Luna wants to be done. And I'm not saying that that is a negative that he was suspended for a year. I'm not saying it was a negative that A.J. Hinch was suspended for a year. It's epic to lose your manager. What I'm saying is don't believe that they just disappear and go to Fiji. That's not how it is. They will be involved. Why the commissioner then added draft picks? Because the truth is that Hinch and Lunau are the headline, but losing your first round draft pick is the hammer. The Astros are built, scouting, development, draft, develop, keep. They keep their young players. They build their team and they win with those young players. Losing two years of first round picks is extremely serious. Why $5 million? Because $5 million is enough that it matters to Jim Crane, the owner, but not enough that it changes what 23 owners would say is too much for me from a pure dollar standpoint. Because the Astros aren't losing corporate sponsorships over this. They're not losing fans over this. This will be very polarizing because if you love the Astros, you're going to gravitate even more to them. If you hate the Astros, you're going to hate them even more. So $5 million is the exact amount. It's not a slap on the wrist, but it's not a death knell, death knell to your finances. So when I look at this breaking news, the Houston Astros, Jeff Lunau, president of baseball ops, A.J. Hinch, the manager, both suspended for a year. They lose draft picks in 2020 and 2021, and they're fined $5 million. Is this history? Maybe. But the number one question Will this change the behavior of all teams? What the commissioner says to himself is, how much can I do that this will be a deterrent for behavior going forward? Unfortunately, a year-long suspension for Hinch and Lunau will not be a deterrent. It's epic. It sounds epic. But any time a team can gain an advantage, no matter what it is, on the field by starting the shift or pretending that you started Moneyball, off the field by using technology to gain an advantage in how you scout players, how you evaluate players, how you interview managers before you hire them. Any little advantage you can have, teams will always go for. We know this from drug testing. Always we try in the league and MLB to make drug testing ahead of the drug users and the cheaters, but all the people who can take drugs and not get caught, that's because they're ahead of the testing. There will always be teams ahead of the memo saying, don't steal signs. Even when MLB comes up with new technology, an earpiece, let's say, there will be people on teams who will be trying to intercept that signal. They'll be trying to figure out any possible way, whether it's from how you cut the grass on your home field to the positioning of the manager in your dugout. All of these things are real because I've done them. You think about these things all to gain a small competitive advantage. Rod Manford, I commend you, but I'm going to give you one more thing to think about if you're watching. By not suspending Jim Crane, the owner, what you're saying is Jim Crane did not know the actions that Jeff Lunau, his president of baseball ops, and A.J. Hinch, his manager, were doing by hitting the trash can and by stealing signs. I've got a surprise for you, Rob. Jim Crane knew exactly what was going on. I've known Jim Crane a long time, and I can say with absolute certainty 
There are 30 owners in baseball. 30 owners would be aware of a very significant effort to steal signs by installing a center field camera, having that center field camera inside the dugout, and then hitting trash cans and various other things to give your players the signs. There has been statements, there have been concepts. What I want to mention is this. Carlos Beltran, Alex Cora, what was their involvement when they were part of the Astros? How does baseball deal with the Mets or the new manager of the Red Sox? I've been given statements here, and I just want to let you know no one is disputing Jeff Lunau's baseball operations department as an industry leader in analytics. But it is clear to me that the culture of the baseball operations department manifesting itself in the way its employees are treated, its relations with other clubs, and its relations with the media and external stakeholders has been very problematic. The commissioner makes a statement. Coca just gave this to me. I assume this is from the commissioner or MLB through the commissioner. The commissioner's statement is interesting. Did you know there's no such thing as double jeopardy in the real world? Which means that if you are committed of a crime or tried of a crime and found innocent, just because you do another crime does not mean you can be punished for what you were tried and either convicted of or found innocent of prior. What Rob is saying here, the commissioner, is true. We hated the Astros. We would not even like talking to Jeff Now He was so smug and so smart, pretended he knew it all. It turns out, winning one World Series, I did that. You're not smarter than I am. Being in it, it's pretty good. But there was something about what Jeff Lunau did and the way he acted, except it all came from Jim Crane. And that's the whole point. You cannot punish Lunau. You cannot punish Hinch. And at the same time say that Jim Crane had nothing to do with it. So why is it that Jim Crane skates here? Because when you're the commissioner of baseball, when you're suspending an owner, there better be race involved. Because if there's not race involved, you're not going to get the support of the rest of the owners. And that's the big reason why Jim Crane got away. Now, what will happen going forward with the Red Sox? Because that's what you're all asking now. Can he do the same thing to the Red Sox? The answer is no. He started with the Astros. This is his big moment. There is no proof with the Red Sox. There's no players who have truly come out who have stated that they know very clearly what happened. Why wouldn't the commissioner discipline players? He knew that Carlos Beltran was a part of it. Why wouldn't he discipline Alex Cora? He knew that he has a chance to get to the Red Sox later, but he will not be suspended for the full year. I promise you that. The way MLB works is they work slowly, calculatingly and carefully. They're going to take care of the Astros like they did and then move on to the Red Sox because the most important thing for baseball, guess what? At the end of the investigation of the Red Sox, this story gets buried. It gets disappeared like the Irishman. Joe Pesci comes into Major League Baseball and says, that's it, game over. In order to do it, you have to finish Astros, then Red Sox. I give credit to Rob Manford.
You know, one of the things we, we have to talk about with baseball, as well as with football, is what do you do in the case where you're the commissioner of a game? This is a subject that we, I used to talk about, Rob, before he was elected. I was a part of his election. I really was helpful to him. I believe I was counting votes the day he got elected. That's a story for another day. But the important job for him is to keep a game going in a positive direction as it relates to revenue and asset appreciation. That's it. Part of revenue in the old days under Bud Selig was not gambling. It, the integrity of the game was based on betting on baseball, Pete Rose, and that came from Bart Giamatti, the commissioner who dropped dead right after Pete Rose was kicked out of the game. Rob Manford knew when he was going to become commissioner <coughs> that the world was changing. And the world was changing in a way that gambling and money were a part of the everyday fabric which means he had to focus on integrity. Think about Deflategate with Roger Goodell. Why was that such a big deal? For the same exact reason. If you have a team gaining an unfair advantage in any way on the field that is not available to every other team except for a difference in intelligence, then you've got a problem. The Astros are not being punished here because they're smarter. They're not being punished because we don't like them personally. They're being punished because they use their intelligence in a way that none of us could and that they found a way to gain an advantage. Cody Bellinger said, we did it our way, the Dodger way. We lost the World Series two years in a row, except we would never cheat that way. Cody, you're a great player. MVP, Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove, Silver Slugger. You made the most money in arbitration first year of anyone. You beat Chris Bryant's 10.85 when you made 11.5 million. But guess what, Cody? The Dodgers don't do it the right way either. Do you know the fisticuffs that your front office uses in order to gain an advantage? And I don't mean fisticuffs like Conor McGregor. I'm talking financial fisticuffs. The Dodgers took advantage of the Marlins so many times, took advantage of the Rays, took advantage of every other team. Andrew Friedman, the president of baseball ops with the Dodgers, Stan Kasten, the president, he would know that we all needed money. He would take our bad contracts. He would pay us extra money in order to get extra picks, competitive balance picks, draft picks, anything they could do. They would sign players for the sole purpose of keeping them away from other teams, and if they didn't pan out, get rid of them. So, Cody, before you stand on your high horse, and this is not about you as a person. I know you and Kristen Yelich are great friends, which means by definition, the transitive property of friendship and goodness, you're a good guy. But don't think that the Dodgers here are blameless or totally innocent. And the point of the story is to let you know that there isn't one team out there who doesn't use what they have to gain that advantage. The Astros in this game of musical chairs simply got caught without a place to sit. There'll be more on this as we go forward because I wanna know very clearly, very clearly what it means for these suspensions, where they're gonna be, how they're gonna be. Bob Nightingale's reporting right now, we'll see how this comes out, 
that the Red Sox manager Cora will be suspended too because he was involved in developing the banging scheme and utilizing the replay review room to decode and transmit signs. He's not the only one. So that suspension for Alex Cora, you're going to have to prove to me that he was somehow the brains behind this, and I'm not buying it for a minute. As I said, this went to the top with Jim Crane all the way through Jeff Lunau, and we said it on Nothing Personal, all over CBS Sports HQ. What we were watching with the punishments, how high will it go? And boy, did it go high. The reason why you're seeing tweets now about Alex Cora is this is baseball leaking through Bob Nightingale, letting the Red Sox and the rest of baseball know, although the Red Sox know already. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Letting the rest of baseball know we're not stopping here. So which teams are scared, which teams aren't scared? The winning teams, the successful teams, the big market teams, the rich teams are all scared. But John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, knows very well what's coming. It's not as though he's not a participant in this. John Henry is one of the most involved owners there is. Any scheme to steal signs, any scheme to gain an advantage in any way that the Red Sox did, John Henry knew. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) But you know what John Henry also knows because of today? He's perfectly safe. You know what else he knows? Chaim Bloom can't get suspended. He's a new GM. Could Alex Cora... 30 days, 60 days, two months, one month, 60 games, that's possible. But that's pretty dangerous because if you are going to punish Alex Cora for his involvement in coming up with the banging scheme, first of all, you don't need to be a genius to have the trash can and to have the bat. It's simply a better way to communicate, yet every team could hear that. But if you're going to go after Alex Cora, You better go down the entire roster. Every single player. Are you going to suspend Altuve? What about Springer? What about Correa? Are you going to go down the entire Astros and Red Sox roster and start suspending players? Rob Manford is already coming out with extra quotes. He said, while it's impossible to determine whether the conduct actually impacted the results on the field, the perception of some that it did causes significant harm to the game. Rob Manford just gave the quote that we've talked about on HQ for a month and a half and on nothing personal for 52 episodes. The appearance of impropriety can be greater than the impropriety itself. The possibility of a loss of integrity impacts, remember what we said about Rob, it impacts value. It impacts revenue. When you have to get a phone call from MGM, a huge sponsor wondering how it is that the lines could be messed with in baseball or football or any other sport, you open your eyes and start paying attention. So Rob Manford has these quotes ready, and you're going to see things come out now in the next two or three days. The way it works is you make an announcement like this. You have talking points. So the commissioner will have talking points, and then the commissioner's office will send talking points to the other 30 clubs. So every team president, every GM, And every owner has a list of things they can say related to these suspensions. They're going to be very similar quotes. It's like when you're negotiating a labor deal, we are told what we can say and what we can't say, and we're subject to huge fines. This is the exact same situation. So if you see a quote coming out of Bob Nutting in Pittsburgh or coming out of 
Mark Walters in Los Angeles or Derek Jeter in Miami. I could go on. John Middleton in Philly, I'll go all day. They're all going to sound alike. So the talking points get sent out. Before they get sent out, they're written with MLB PR. Uh, Pat Courtney's in charge of that. He writes them along with Dan Hallam, probably Chris Marinek. They go with Tony Petiti. I'm talking about the higher-ups in the commissioner's office. Then they digest them. They think about them. Then they circulate them to a few close-knit owners. And they go through them. And then once everyone's decided on talking points, then they start planning the day they're going to announce the big news that they announced today. Then the talking points go out. Then there'll be quotes from the commissioner. Not just today. They'll go on for a couple of days now. Because he knows very well this isn't a story you can just bury. Commissioner Seelig was very good at that. He tried to bury stories thinking they'd go away. This day and age, with Twitter, with social media, stories do not go away. So part of the PR planning basically says that we will take care of not just the story hitting today, but as it goes on for a week. Think about the fact that Rob Manford, as part of this, actually had to send out a nine-page letter. One of the notes in the letter is that the Astros did use sign stealing in the 2017 postseason run, which is the year they won the World Series. Well, of course. So the title of this letter, I can't even imagine. Coca, do you know the title of the letter he sent out? In memos, there's sort of a ray. So Coca's going to see what the title is. But when we read these memos from the commissioner, it really doesn't matter what the title is. What we're looking for is what did the commissioner do and how is it going to impact us? So I'm going to take you back inside the Astros offices. This news did not come as a surprise inside the Astros offices. Jim Crane, along with the president, Jeff Lunau, they are meeting with their entire staff. They're going over talking points. Those phones are ringing off the hook with season ticket holders, with corporate sponsors. Answers are already prepared. Anytime we did a big move with the Marlins, in all my 18 years, any big move, any punishment that came from baseball, anything that went on with the union, we were punished all sorts of different ways. It's not like we got a call one day and, oh, my God, we're punished. We, were, we knew it was happening. We were prepared for it to happen. You have a meeting with all your employees. You explain to them. You give them a script. Here's what you say in response to someone who agrees with the punishment. Here's what you say in response to someone who's furious over the punishment. Here's what we're going to say about our team on the field in 2020. Here's what we're going to say about our support or lack therein of Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch. I assure you that words like, we firmly support Major League Baseball. Get ready for a statement from Jim Crane. That will get rolled out in time. Everyone's going to want to hear from him. His statement is approved by baseball. He doesn't just come up off the top of his head. Like John Henry gave some quotes this weekend claiming, I don't plan what I say to the media. It's off the top of my head. Come on, John. You know very well that's not how you are. Mr. Impulsive? No. Jim Crane will have words to say where he will have to come down on Lunau and Hinch, accept the apology, however, leave the door open for when the suspension ends. And notice how there's no appeal. That'll be interesting. Whenever there's not an appeal of any suspension given, that's because the people suspended knew and agreed to the terms. Wouldn't you like to be a fly in the wall of that conversation? Here's how that went.
Jim Crane calls in Jeff Lunau and says, we're caught. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be suspended because the commissioner is making sure that this goes higher up the chain. You remember the issue that, the issue that happened with the Cardinals and the Astros when the Cardinals were stealing information? Remember the issue in Atlanta when they actually fired the old GM because he was doing nefarious activities internationally. Each time the commissioner credibly could say the GM, president, and owner didn't know. He couldn't do that this time. And Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, knew it. And Jeff Lunau knew it. And A.J. Hinch knew it. Totally prepared for whatever eventuality happened. This was a big day. I don't think I've had something take 27 minutes of nothing personal before, but anytime you see a suspension like this that's not for a crime, that's not for gambling, not for drug use, this is a major deal, and the ripple effects are just starting. Reminder to everyone, if you're just tuning in, the commissioner of baseball has unleashed his fury on the Houston Astros, suspending president of baseball operations Jeff Lunau for a full year, Suspending the manager of the team, A.J. Hinch, for a full year. Fining the team $5 million and taking away draft picks for 2020 and 2021, their first round picks. This was a serious punishment with a very serious consequence doled out by very serious people. I want to talk about a couple other subjects right now. Coke, are we ready to move on? <laughs> ready to move on for now, he says. So there's a few things I want to cover. I mentioned John Henry a little bit. I want to stick to baseball here because you may be wondering, what did John Henry say? What was he talking about? Well, John Henry had a conversation with the media, which is common. And uh, the problem is that John Henry is trying to sort of make people believe that they don't care about the luxury tax threshold. So there was a thought when they hired Chaim Bloom from the Tampa Bay Rays, who knew how to run a team on a shoestring budget. <coughs> Excuse me. There was a thought that that hire was meant to get the Red Sox payroll down. So John Henry says, you might actually be right for once in that I don't plan what I'm going to say before answering media questions in a live media event. He's lying. But this focus on the CBT, which is the tax in baseball, it is a usurious tax. The fact that the union agreed to it, it acts like a salary cap because when you get over that tax, first year, you get penalized, second year, double, third year, triple. Basically, for every dollar you spend over a threshold, you could be giving baseball 2 or $3 on top of that. So you sign a $10 million player, you're actually paying that player $30 million in cash. He said the focus that the media has on CBT resides only with the media far more than it does within the Red Sox. I think every team probably wants to reset at least once every three years. What that means is that if you are over the luxury tax threshold one year, and then a second year, you're a double violator. But then if you go under, you get to reset. So you can actually violate three out of four years in the third year. That happens in year four. You're back to the single year penalty. 
So he acknowledges correctly that every team would like to reset at least once every three years. But I reminded baseball operations that we're focused on competitiveness over the next five years over and above resetting. To which they replied, and this is John Henry quoting his own baseball department, that's exactly how we've been approaching it. Let me decode two things for you. Number one, the baseball department never says that's exactly how we've been approaching it to to absolutely ignore the competitive balance tax and the luxury tax threshold. I don't care if you're the Red Sox, the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers. Everybody who runs the business of baseball knows exactly where that threshold is, and they do everything they can to stay under the threshold. Why? Because they know very well that they answer to owners, and owners don't want to throw away money. So it is completely disingenuous, completely, to say that baseball operations doesn't focus on luxury tax. Then John Henry attacked the truth. You seem to think that Chaim Bloom was brought in to reduce payroll. That has simply not been the way Fenway Sports Group operates here or across the pond. That means Liverpool. They also own Liverpool. We try to act responsibly so as to be consistently competitive. Your main point, talking to the media member who is crushing him, seems to be that I accidentally disclosed a secret plan. But unlike you, I'm honest about Red Sox issues. The question was asked and I answered it. The media was trying to pin John Henry down to a position. Are you going to trade Mookie Betts? Are you going to try to trade David Price to get under the competitive balance tax threshold? That is a legitimate question for the media to ask. As a team president, it drove me crazy. My answer to media asking me those questions, judge me on wins and losses. Don't judge me on whether or not I spend a certain amount of payroll money. It's absurd. The Tampa Bay Rays spend very little on payroll, and they win 90 games and make the playoffs. There are teams like the Cubs who spend a ton of money on their payroll and don't make the playoffs. But are they let off the hook because they tried? Is the Jason Hayward signing all of a sudden good because they tried? Well, we tried with Wei-Yin Chen. Did we get credit for trying? No. We get roasted because he stunk. So John Henry, next time you're talking to the media, take the microphone and say the following. Of course, we're trying to win, but not at all costs. When I go over the luxury tax threshold, I'm the one who writes the check, not you. And I don't pass on every single expense to you, the fan. I don't raise the price enough to take care of all the money that I lose. Yes, I'm rich. I deserve to be rich. I'm happy to be rich, and I'm not going to be made poor by signing extra players who aren't going to make me win any more than the players I have. That would be a refreshing way for every owner to talk. Stop apologizing for wanting to make money. I never did that. I never, we don't run a charity. I'm not here to appease the fans and to spend extra money to try to make them happy. I'm here to make money, make my team worth more, and if I can get a ring, which we did, great. If I can make the playoffs, great. John Henry, I'm honest about Sox issues. Give me a small break. So what do you think George Springer's thinking right now? George Springer's on the Astros. He's got an arbitration case coming. We talked about arbitration. It's a fascinating concept. Life will go on. The Astros will have to go to arbitration with their players. 
There are important cases around baseball that aren't settled. The business of the Astros continues. Right now, they're doing their job. They are acting like a baseball team getting ready for spring training. The clock waits for no one. So right now, we're looking at the most important arbitration cases that weren't settled. I went through the whole list. Remember what we said on last week. If you didn't settle, it's very likely there's going to be a hearing absent a long-term deal. Very interesting to look at JT Realmuto, best catcher in baseball. The Phillies are trying to sign him to a long-term deal. We made JT Realmuto an offer, making him a very, very wealthy man. He wanted to get Buster Posey money. I said, JT, you're not Buster Posey. I had the talk with him. Again, he is a smart guy, but he is not Buster Posey. He doesn't have any MVPs, World Series. He has none of that. Is he known as the best catcher in the game now? Can he hit? Yes. But there's no way to me that he gets to where Buster Posey got to. He filed for $12.4 million in arbitration, and the Phillies filed at $10 million. That's a $2.4 million difference. As you remember in arbitration, you either get the player number or you get the team number. I believe that is a case that goes because they're not close to a long-term deal. Josh Hader, $2.3 million. It's another big case for the Brewers. Or could it be the Yankees? Could the Brewers trade Josh Hader if they lose the arbitration case? That was one of my favorite questions that I would get from fans when I'd give my email address and get questions or from media members. Does the arbitration case change the way you treat a player? Let me give you a hint how it's done. When you do your payroll, you budget for arbitration losses. You never budget for arbitration gains, just like you don't budget for postseason money. When your team makes the postseason, you do get extra revenue. You don't budget for that. The Brewers right now have Josh Hader budgeted in at 6.4. If they win and only have to pay him 4.1, does that mean they're going to go ahead and spend the extra 2.3 on other players? No. It means that 2.3 gets secreted away in your pocket for a rainy day. And just in case the Brewers are in the race, they'll have 2.3 extra million to do some in-season acquisitions. But then we get to George Springer. And this one seems strange. George Springer wants $22.5 million, and the Astros filed at $17.5. That's a $5 million VIG. The other big cases we talked about were two to two and a half. This becomes a fascinating arbitration case. Why? Because that's not the number of a team, that difference of $5 million, it makes me wonder whether the Astros were actually filed to go. When you don't have your GM in the room, does that matter in arbitration? No. I was always in the room for arbitration. I demanded my GM would be in the room. Derek Jeter joined the Marlins, and do you know what he did? His GM isn't in the room. He took it outsourced, doesn't even want the general counsel doing it, thinking that maybe players will get upset seeing their GM say something bad, hearing their team president say something bad. That's ridiculous. When you're the Astros, Jeff Lunau is a part of the arbitration process. You're using his brains. He should be a part of it. When you're suspended, he won't be. Did George Springer know that a settlement was coming? 
Did he know that penalties were coming? Did he know the Astros were guilty? I argue yes, yes, and yes. Why else would he file so artificially high, creating a midpoint settlement higher than he deserves to get, knowing that the last thing the Astros can do is allocate time on arbitration cases? I think you see, this isn't my way to see, I think you see the Astros settle this case. They do not want to take the time to prepare a case and go to the room. You have to fight the fights worth fighting. And right now the Astros are fighting on seven different fronts. And even that cocksure team is incapable of a seven-front fight. Well, it didn't take long to be right when we talked, and by the time you're downloading this, you may hear Jim Crane had to meet the media. He's going to meet him today, and I can tell you that uh, he is going to have to address, and as we said earlier in this show, Jim Crane, the owner, is going to have to answer. He can't send anyone else out. This isn't a time when you send out your president. This isn't a time when you send out your GM. Jim Crane, the owner, has to answer to the punishment. And he couldn't wait a day. We speculated early in the show that he may, may, may wait a day as they sort of unveil this. But it makes sense. The punishment comes out, a media cycle, what the PR group for the Astros and baseball, they're monitoring Twitter, they're monitoring reaction, they're monitoring the comment section, and they're figuring out little last-minute changes. Jim Crane got about an hour to two hours of prep time prior post-news-making it out, pre when he speaks to the media. And I assure you, it's not that he'll be answering media questions. He knows exactly what he wants to say. And even if he takes questions as part of his media availability, he will bridge. That's a concept where no matter what you ask me, I did this every day. I don't care what anybody asks me. I'll only answer what I want to answer. And I will stick to the talking points that I want to communicate. Jim Crane will have a prepared statement and then he will have prepared answers to the questions that he has been rehearsing. We would always prepare the owner when he would meet the media, or he would prepare players, we'd prepare managers, we'd prepare everybody for the questions they were going to get. So I want to do a, uh, a wait to see. You know I have wait to sees prepared. I have great wait to sees. We were going to talk about Julian Edelman, but we can't do that anymore. I want to do a wait to see based on today's news. I do point out that wait to see is part of nothing personal. You know when I get something right, I tell you. When I get it wrong, I tell you. I told you the Browns weren't hiring a minority coach. I had a whole segment on Stefanski. You're going to hear about it another day. Too important. It's insanity what went on in Cleveland, the whole interview process. But it was not a minority. Second, I gave you four picks. They weren't my pick of the day. I want to make sure that Tommy Tran is listening. The pick on Friday was the Utah Jazz to beat the Hornets, and that hit. My wait to see was that the Ravens would cover. They didn't. The Packers would cover. They pushed. The Titans would not cover. The Texans would not cover. I went 0-3-1. That's a wait to see loss because I said I need to go 2-2 two and two to win the wait to see. I went 0-3-1. What a disaster. A very loyal listener, Stu, faded all four games. Good for you, Stu. You went 3-0-1. So my wait to see is based on the news today. 
What impact will the news today have on the Astros record? The over-under for the Astros, if Coca were on his game, he would know right now in my ear what the over-under was before the news was announced and what the over-under is after this news is announced. We are going to find out how important A.J. Hinch really is, how important a baseball manager is. Before the news, the over-under was 97 and a half wins. After the news, they don't have a number yet. Here's what the over-under should be after this announcement. 97 and a half. My wait to see is the over-under, if it changes, by the time the season starts, will be right back to where it was. Because at the end of the day, it's about players. It's not about coaches, managers, or GMs. Wait to see. The over-under should not change because of the big news today. So, to conclude, I want to go back because sometimes on these shows, you listen only in the beginning, the middle, the end. I want to review what took this entire show and why nothing personal is so important to me with you. We had a whole show planned. The entire show was thrown out the window at 1.59. I taped from 2 to 2.45 Eastern. 1.59 news came out that the Houston Astros punishment was levied by the commissioner of baseball. President of Baseball Ops Jeff Lunau suspended for a year. Manager A.J. Hinch suspended for a year. Holy crikeys. First round pick lost 2020-2021 and a $5 million fine. So much more to talk about. Thank God that we get nothing personal every single day. Because remember, Houston, when you put your head on the pillow, from the commissioner's standpoint, today was all about business. It was nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.